You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Hey, uh, somebody likes it on Twitter. So if you've ever wanted to say something to us or add us in 140 characters, you can do it. We're at somebody underscore likes because uh, Twitter handles are short and weird. Do you guys want the surprise uh, recording intro or do you want to just jump right in? Oh, Jesus, Mark, you just did it. <laughs> Can't just fucking like do it and ask us like if we wanted that. Like now, but see, I'm getting primed because right when you said that, I looked up to see to see if the line was moving. And, well, um, when they move the goalpost on you all the time, you start to look at the end of the field. That's all I'm okay. saying. Did you make that up? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like. So you should make bumper stickers or T-shirts. That's yes. Yeah, it's, it's my working out my prison job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we have a we have a special guest. Well, we're a man down, we're, we're, and we're, we're, there's a death in the family. Not really. No. Yeah. There, we're we're a man down, and uh, and we have a special guest. So I guess we're we're netting out pretty much the same. So. Uh, playing the role of Ryan tonight, uh, who is under the weather and Shoot, can't join dirty us. Son of I'm a not bitch. sure he wants to take that on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's, he's playing the role of Ryan, yet he doesn't have a bottle of liquor in front of him. Yeah, maybe that's why Ryan's not here. But anyway, um, yeah, our good friend, uh, friend of the show, Chad Swiatecki, is back uh, with us today. And uh, Chad, welcome. Good evening. Yeah, we had, we, so, um, and well, well, we'll get into why I, uh, why I roped you into to joining us again uh, today when we talk about what we're going to talk about. It's a long and sordid tale. Tonight, but yeah, uh, it is. Uh, full of twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Should we say get, in, get into it? Let's get into it. All right. I'm Shane. I'm Kevin. I'm Mark. I'm Chad. Somebody likes it. All right, Skrelly Report. So, in the continuing saga of the biggest douche, and, well, and again, it's pretty. I, I when referencing this guy, I keep seeing the phrase in quotation marks, "the most hated man in America," and that's saying a lot. That's <laughs> yeah, that's you're, you're a fucking asshole. A, it's a high or very low bar. Yeah. So, okay. so as we've talked about the last few weeks on the show, um, you know, you put his. Uh, Wu Tang Clan. Um, he bought the the the, the sole copy of this Wu Tang Clan uh, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin record for two million dollars, and then he said, and then he put it up for he put it up for sale on eBay and said, well, I might not even sell it. I might just break it in two because he's that kind of dude. Then last week, he got he actually uh, he violated his um, conditions of bail and he went to and he went into jail. Well, then it was revealed this this past week this this week. Um, that it turns out that that Wu Tang album that he that he spent two million dollars on, um, the Wu Tang Clan and people, they're like managers and all these people are basically saying like it's not a Wu Tang album. This producer Silver Rings like he recorded various verses for this like solo RZA album and um and then he patched it all together to make it sound like they were all rapping on one coherent thing. So basically, ha ha, fuck you, Martin Scarlet. And I, I, I remember I've read some of this, and in, in one of the quotes from Screlly about all this, 
it made it. He said something that made it seem like he hadn't even listened to the thing. No, he was. He's yeah. He said that he put. It, he said he put it on in the background of a party that he had, and nobody was really into it, so he wasn't paying attention. Again, haha! Fuck you! You paid two that, million dollars. That right there is some one percent shit. Like you spend two million dollars on a piece of art or something, and then break it, and then just have it and don't even like look at it or listen to it or or a pe- assess it in any way. You just do it as a status symbol. That is my one percent goal for one of these days, Kevin. There you go. Okay. And I think you're that much of an asshole. I can, I'm working on it. Okay. I'm working on Goals, it. Yeah, baby. See, that's what Martin Scully should write. Like when he get when he gets out of prison, he should write a book that's like you know how to be a complete douchebag asshole. Like God knows he could probably make some money. Well, that in the way. spirit of the record, I'll write the book, put it under his name, and then everyone will, I'll sell, a, will sell it for two million dollars. Boom! I'm done. One copy. <laughs> yeah, Only yeah, one yeah. copy. <laughs> Um, by me. Yeah, that news of that guy just makes me tired. I, one, one, one other thing I want to want to just talk. There were a couple of okay uh, statements uh, to Bloomberg, and um, the guy, the producer Silver Rings, who is being accused of like you know isolate taking the isolated verses and, and putting them all together, he said that the album's creation was quote too complex to explain in a soundbite, but all participating Wu Tang artists were paid in advance, so he's not he's not answering the question, and then so. Uh, Shkreli, when contacted by Bloomberg, asking, him, telling him about this and asking him what his thoughts were, his one word re- or not, not one word response, but his the, synth, the one sentence response was, "quote ha 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 period." End quote. So, so did did this thing not like make the news before he actually? I don't know. I feel like like any story, but I thought that. Like this thing was like hyped up that Wu Tang was producing this album. There would be one copy. No, it w- it was and hyped how up. He jumped on it, right? I mean, yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't these people from Wu Tang at some point kind of speak up and say, uh, "Wait a minute"? Yeah, I this don't know. Isn't a Wu Tang? I was album. curious about the whole thing myself, but so, um, but but there had been apparently there had been a widely held theory by people in the know or people peripherally. To people in the know, that this really wasn't a Wu Tang album. So, who knows, man? I don't. But I'm fuck sure. That I'm sure. Well, again, worth reiterating. Anytime this guy's name comes up, just makes me tired. Like I'm tired of hearing about him. Beyond that, uh, I think. You, beyond that, you know, like you sort of get what's coming to you. So anyway, um, in in other litigious news. Um, Thanks to Yoko Ono, the uh, Polish uh, soft drink brand John Lemon <laughs> is having to change its name. <laughs> that that totally happened. And John Lemon. John Lemon. And, and <laughs> yeah, it's really great. So uh, so anyway, the company there's a pitchfork article. The the company's now agreed to change its name, the drink's name, to quote. On lemon, I was really hoping it was going to be Orange Harrison, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, boom. Anyway, but uh, while the drink company originally denied the allegations, Ono's lawyers pointed 
out an instance when they had used his likeness in a wall mural along with the company's logo. Other advertisements have depicted Lennon's signature round glasses and the phrase, let it be, which is a McCartney song, but whatever. So, <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Anyway, so this this soft drinks marketing company just basically is like, let's just do let's do just do dad jokes. Dad, yeah, jo- dad jokes is our entire marketing kind scheme. of yeah maybe so like yeah but the it said um, Ono's lawyers warned the company that they face costs in the range of five thousand pounds a day to five hundred uh, quid I guess for every bottle sold. It must sell up to its last, the last of its John Lemon drinks by, by the end of October. I gotta try and get, some, me, get my hand on some. Of this. I was Seriously, say, you got the hookup. Somebody th- that somebody's gonna buy a bunch of those up and put them put them on eBay. Yeah. Speaking of eBay, hey Martin Shkreli, hey, Martin Shkreli, yeah. It is it is uh, it is the funniest thing that I have read in a while. So anyway, and they have this very like super serious picture of of Yoko uh, next to the to the article, and I was like. You know, you feel like behind closed doors that, you know, she had to go like in whatever Yoko Ono's voice sounds like nowadays. Though This is stupid and kind of ridiculous, but also fun day to go to court. So anyway, um, let us let us pivot and jeté and talk instead about um, our friends at Black Alicious. And that's the reason why I drug Chad in here tonight is because Chad's one of two people that I, I mean, I know more than two people, but Chad's one say. of, yeah, well, I mean, I, I kind of count you guys, but anyway, Chad, uh, Chad and, and my college roommate, um, I both knew to be big fans of this album and I've just never, well, for whatever reason, like it just had never been in my orbit and the people who like. Even among the people who like Black Alicious, like this is the record that seems like it gets the spotlight. And even even doing some of the cursory research I was doing, in addition to soaking up the the album itself, like you know the there's not a clunker. Like they haven't put out a they haven't put out a record that seems like it's it's not generally speaking um, well received by most critics. But this is the one that seems to be getting some of the high five material. So anyway, and um, and Chad, you might even have an insight or two as to some of the things that were going on around the time that this record came out. And you were talking, you I used, were a little bit before we went on. You talked a little bit about some of your days at CMJ, which for if you're listening at home and or in your car or on a surfboard, uh, stands for um, CMJ uh, was. Uh, College Music Journal, New Music Monthly, yes. which Chad wrote for many, many years ago, and which doesn't really exist anymore in that in that form. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, but welcome, and yeah. So I, when we decide when I decided that we were going to cover this, I real I thought you might be able to add some some unique insight because you know uh, if you're going to chop up a 15 year old hip hop album, mm-hmm. you really need. Th- Four white guys, not three. Yeah. You need four. Yeah. And four. so I'm, well, I'm would have been fourth. five. You would have been the fourth. Well, you know, don't step on the joke, man. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. So here I am. Anyway, yeah. No, but, but, uh, yeah, generally, again, generally speaking, it's like they all seem to be pretty well received. But this one, mm-hmm. and you know, the thing is, um, I'm always fascinated, generally speaking, by where these, how these acts coalesce and where they come from. Yes. You know? These guys went to high school together, and uh, 
even though they they ended up really kind of mostly coming up in two different towns mm-hmm. um, and are listed as being from Sacramento. So, yeah, and you know, I will admit that I'm not a, uh, a devoted scholar of, of Black Delicious. Like this record is like, you know, I've spent a ton of time with this record. I know, you know, a fair bit of, about them, but I, I more just knew them as part of this really amazing late 90s, early 2000s um, hip-hop scene out in the Bay Area um, around Quantum Records for the most part. So you had these guys, uh, Dilated Peoples, the Jurassic Five. DJ Shadow. Yes. Uh, Latirics, Lyrics Born. Just tons and tons and tons of, of for what uh, in a lot of instances is referred to as backpacker rap, indie hip hop, that sort of thing. Right. And uh, these guys were th- that like that whole group or that whole scene put out some amazing records. It was like the Seattle, the early '90s uh, grunge moving out of Seattle, but for hip hop in terms of just amazing records. None of them blew up as much as that stuff did, but. And like each of the, each of these groups put out at least one classic level kind of amazing album, and Blazing Arrow is the one for Blackalicious. Right on. in my mind, anyhow. Yeah, Shane, I thoroughly enjoyed this album. I've never listened to these guys before. I've heard their name for years. There's something about the name that sounds a little kitschy to me. That and maybe that's why I never. Caught yeah, it. Like, I don't know. I don't know what, man. But I don't know. I like. I was missing the fuck out. This shit was badass. And um, there was a couple of tracks that I I don't love. I don't love the Ben Harper one. But man, for the most part, I mean, there's a lot of tracks on this album, and they all. It's a thoroughly weird fucking record too. Yes, like, it's grand. There's some like, weird ass shit going on, man. But it starts out, you know, like. Not the introduction, but that that second track, "Blazing Arrow," with using that "Me and My Arrow" Harry Nilsson like yeah. sample. Just, I thought you'd eat that up. Yeah, it's just great. But you know, th- I want to say this: like, it really, really. And I was like, "What is it that is is really doing it for me?" And then we got the track six, four thousand miles," which arguably is the best track on the album. Um, and and I was like, "Oh yeah, it sounds like." Uh, power and numbers in a lot of ways. The uh, Jurassic Five record that came out the same year, and that's because there's a member of Jurassic Five on that track. Mm-hmm. And Cut Chemist from Jurassic Five is in later on the album. Uh, I love Cut uh, Chemist. So yeah, yeah, I, I I love Jurassic Five that much. Um, but uh, I think that Power and Numbers is is in my for me is my favorite rap album of the aughts. And this is this is coming in real close to that. I. Thoroughly like this. I'm really curious to hear what Ryan thought about it because he. I feel like he could have gone either way because it's it's his kind of style of hip hop, but uh-huh. it also there's a lot of weirdness going on in the background, mm-hmm. and he's kind of the wild card with that stuff. He does he doesn't go in for whimsy very much. Well, the, you know the thing is the, the thing that struck me, and I'm with you. I, I you know we'll we'll imagine what Ryan thought about it or have him come in and tell us. And, when we're talking about other stuff, I was going to I was going like, to tell him I was going to tell him to text us, but he's sick. <laughs> yeah, um, I think his hopefully his fingers work. Anyway, point is, there are a couple of things that stuck with me as I was listening to this. One was the fact that this that this duo mm-hmm. has only put out four albums. Right. And the last one came out in 2015, like ten years after the the mo- the previous one did, and so it's like when we and I have listened to. Um, Shane, what was the record that we covered when Mark was in 
what was the um, the Gangstar record? That's uh, what it was. Yes. So when we listen to Gangstar, like I've listened to, like I've gone back and listened to that show a few times. And one of the things that I remember from that show was Shane and I had a conversation about like I was like that the album that we covered for that show had come out four years after the previous record, and I was mm-hmm. like, who cares? And Shane was like, not in hip hop. You have to put stuff out all the time in hip hop. Well, these guys really seem like for the maybe for the first three albums, like they were putting stuff out about every three years or so. Well, like not often, right? But yeah, normal album cycle for the for the times. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but that, it comes out a little bit different. What I'm saying in hip hop because things change so quickly. What I mean really by that is mostly like chart chart hip hop. This is like, you know. For want of a better term, for this is underground. This um, is album hip hop. Like yeah, this, right. This thing but is, it's, but is it's a, this is, a, but it's also it, it's a different thing than say like you know like there's a there's a shorter cycle in hip hop in general like the top forty hip hop. I mean rather it's it's like every twelve to thirteen months rather than twenty four months. Like mm-hmm. you see it happen a lot quicker. That that shit changes so quick. I mean there are people that 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 don't fall in that paradigm. You know Kanye West will take his time on that. But he's somebody that's seen as a, you know, somebody that's so over, like, overarching trendsetter that, you know, he just follows to beat of his own drum. When those guys put out it, when somebody, you get to that, that space or Jay-Z space or anybody that's... Exa- a, Jay-Z's another good example Like, of that. you know, like, when those guys put out an album and it's an event, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. When well, th- those out, guys but. are legends that, that, who will not be diminished and, you know, like, by letting things pass them by. I mean, they, they're like... At the apex of that genre and always will be. Yeah, so the, so so the time length between when the records came out is just something that I notice in hip hop now that I didn't notice before. Sure. Excuse me. And then the other then the other thing is, um, and because we haven't specifically talked about them, the 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 rap lead on this for this band is um, is Gift of Gab, and the DJ producer is um, Chief Excel. And the other thing that I noticed was that. Uh, gift of gab re- and this is it seems to be his hallmark like and it's not this way on every track but like there are a number of these tracks where it's like lyrically there are callous like literally calisthenics that are happening like the guy's doing heavy lifting in terms of like how much he can pack it's pretty each amazing mm-hmm. and it's like at, well in the beginning like upon first listen on some of these tracks which i have warmed to over repeat listens like I was like, I'm not sure I'm into it. Like I, some of it, I like, thought exactly like, the same thing. It's a little much. Yeah, I was thinking it was kind of throwing me off the beat, like ha- like how much he was packing in there, and um and but it didn't take me repeat listens. It took me just a couple of songs before like I, I righted that, and then when I went back and re-listened to those songs, I I I really liked them again. Well, and when we when I mentioned last week that we we're going to cover this on this show, one of the things that Mark dialed up after we were were packing things up was um. Oh, Mark! It was uh, it wasn't the Today Show appearance from um, uh, who's the kid that played Harry Potter? Who's like thirty now? Radcliffe. Yeah, Stanley Radcliffe. Uh, did the yeah did the yeah did that Alphabet song from another record? Mm-hmm. The oh, Black Hole. Yeah. yeah, that was that was you and me last week. Was it you and I? Well, well, I also talked to Mark. Oh okay, yeah, okay, right. about probably about different stuff. Thank God, because I have, <laughs> <laughs> Mark's no, looking at me. Mark's thinking like, how, how many how many old fashions Damn, did I have? That uh, <laughs> but that's that just goes to show how my mind works or doesn't. So anyway, yeah, Chad, that was you and I then. Uh, anyway, the, but yeah, the point being like, I thought that was particularly fascinating. Mm-hmm. That like. You know, at the time, it's like outside of context. I was like, okay, it just it just felt 
it just felt like some like some of the tracks where Eminem feels like he's trying too hard. Anyway, um, ultimately, you don't get that same. There's there's not the sort of Olympic uh, rapping that happens on every single track here. There's a nice variance. There's a really great. Uh, I think there's some really fascinating. Um, guest appearances. Some of them land more than others, um, but we'll talk about that more. Do you guys want to listen to one? Let's. Why don't we? Um, why don't we do the title track first? number wrapped around uh, a little bit of a Harry Nilsson thing. So Harry, Harry Nilsson did a lot of different stuff. So like, <laughs> I think he would have approved of that. Rose from the grave to be part of. If he, uh, if he rose from the grave and he had to stroke his his beard, he would be. I think he would be like, that's all right. I like that. Yeah, I think he would too. Now um, during the break, Chad, you're telling me a little something about we before we went uh, and listened to this track. We were talking about some of the guest appearances that were on right. this record. So and. I pulled something before I came here tonight from uh, the CMJ New Music Monthly review of this album. Uh, this is a, a just a little snippet of that review regarding the guest list on this record. The two members of Blackalicious managed to sculpt a distinct vision amidst a diverse sonic palette, even though it's impossible to ignore the overwhelming guest star laundry list. Saul Williams, Zach Delaroca, 66% of Dilated Peoples, Ben Harper... Cup of is instant cred Gil Scott Heron, the increasingly ubiquitous Miho Hattori of Sibo Mato, Sean Lennon, Charlie Tuna, Questlove, and the hell was Macy Gray busy or something? Yeah. <laughs> that line could only have been written in 2002, by no, the way. exactly. When was the last time anyone thought about Macy Gray? Right. But, I mean, you know, we were talking about, and that doesn't even name all the guests on this record, but not, I, I, the thing that I think is really. Uh, remarkable about this album is in spite of all, not in spite of but with all those guests it's still a distinctly blacklicious record like the guests never really overstep or or blot out gift of gab or excel like they're all in service of the songs that i think are very distinct and and they all find their their space which is no some of them land more than others i think but no, yeah, I, but, I, but I get to I get what you're saying. Like I sometimes I wouldn't even think about the fact that like there were there were guests on there or, or they it just it seemed to flow so well. Um, that, that the Zach Delaroca one is kind of a weird throw in at the end. That, it's that, like what that, that that one and the Ben Harper one are my my two like even the Ben Harper one actually kind of gets toward the end of it. I was like, all right, I get it now, but I still don't love it. Ben Harper's one of those dudes that like as a human being. 
He just seems awesome. I've met him, and he's all—he's so nice. But I just really can't always get behind like what he's doing musically. Um, but you know, that might just be. Me. He was very busy, circa two thousand two. Yeah. Well, he deserves it. He's a talented motherfucker. I mean, that's yeah. undeniable. Uh. Anyway, yeah. So, you know, that was like that's the title track, and you know, I I do think that like by the time that you get to track number two, it's like you sort of have a. At least I kind of had a sense of, like, not necessarily, like, I know where this is going, but I was like, okay, like, I think it's definitely going to be interesting. Like, whatever, like, where whatever the journey is, is going to be one worth taking. Yeah, I think interesting is the right point. There's, there's all these things in there where, like, the songs, they'll just, like, it's sort of reminiscent of what Cut Chemist did in, in a lot of that J5 stuff where... There would be just little talking snippets in there. There's a lot of that in this too, but mm. but there will be like these these weird little things. Like things happen where like old men are singing at the end of this. Or just there's all these weird, tiny little things that go on. And if you're not really listening, you might you might completely miss it. But if you catch it, you're like, the fuck is that? Yeah, like, like in a good way. I like the little bit where the guys are just like walking to the bus and and seeing yeah. things going on in their neighborhood. Yeah, and it's not an overly done thing. It's very subtle, and but you're like, "Hey, Miss Johnson, how you doing?" But you know, it's like just little tiny stuff like that. You know, little vignette stuff. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, if you blink, you might miss it, or if you're not paying attention, you might not really like even even stuff that goes out. Just stuff that you might not be really listening for or really hear, and then. When you think about it or re-listen to it, you're like, "Oh yeah, wow, that's fucking cool as shit." Man. They're almost like they're they almost feel like Easter eggs, right? Like they're not, yes. you know, like these little pop up moments that that repeat listen, like you get rewarded for repeat listens on. Um, okay, so we probably got time for for one more before we go to the break. Shane, I know that there's a track that you want to listen to, but I'm thinking maybe we should. You want to save that for the second half, or do you want to do it? Sure, now? I don't care. Okay, cool. Um, we haven't talked about the contribution of uh, Questlove, who co-wrote uh, one of the tracks and played drums on Nowhere Fast. Wasn't he a producer on this record, too? Or did he maybe just produce the Wouldn't song? With, I got lost in all the names. I don't know. Yeah, I there's, a lot of, there's a lot of contributors. <laughs> I mean, hip-hop's like jazz records in a lot of ways. It's like, who can really yeah. measure who did what? They just walk in the studio. Somebody flips a coin. You know, <laughs> Pretty much. Kind of how that works. Um, yeah, so let's do, uh, let's do a little bit of Nowhere Fast. Opportunities. That's what it's about, gentlemen. Missing some opportunities with the ladies. You know, ruminating, 
feeling feeling some sadness. No regrets. I thought yes. you were. I thought that was like a spoken word piece you had written, and you were just like, <laughs> you were just letting us know right then. And, and we were all was. just kind of like mouths agape, just, just staring at him, like, where is he going with this? <laughs> some sort of imaginary I, ball I skin that, that I he pulled, like pulled it up on his computer, and he was like reading us some spoken word that he had just recently written because he's like, inspired by. Blazing Arrow. No, that's just how I talk now. I'm like, like, that's funny. I didn't see Kevin do Angel Dust. <laughs> that's if you yeah. did just start talking like that, like that's your that's your new inflection. Yeah. I wonder how long it would be before somebody not in this room would be like, Kevin, you, you okay, buddy? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. It'd probably be me. Do you have a, you have a mini straw? Yeah, right. Maybe. <laughs> um, go big or go home. I, I think if you want to change your rap for the next twenty by two, you've got it. Sure. There, there yeah, it's exa- yeah, sure. It's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, it is a song about, uh, you know, about about the you know missed love opportunities, and um, it's punctuated by keyboards and kind of a low cello in the mix. And anyway, uh, and essentially, it's this laundry list of things that Gab goes through that he talks about that he'll get done tomorrow, and yeah, tomorrow never comes, and then you mm-hmm. get older. Live for today. <laughs> I like it. Just, just all of the joy just dropped out of your voice there at the end. It's really trying. Sell the sad. Sell it. Anyway, uh, but I like that track. And um, and you can really tell, like, you know, obviously Questlove has a very distinct drumming style. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, is the Tonight Show on? But no, it was just that song from 2010. Well, there was no shitty Jimmy Fallon humor either. <laughs> no, so right. you knew that. So angry. Can I uh, throw in a just complete? Random memory about about Gift of Gab here. Yeah, sure. So I want to say it was like in South by 2013. Uh, no, maybe before that. I can't remember. The Beauty Bar was still open, so it was maybe earlier than that. But uh, I saw him at Beauty Bar. So, you know, a tiny place on Red River, packed club during South by. And he's not a small man. He's a he's He's got... A lot. There's a lot of gift of gab. He's a big, yeah. big dude, and he's wearing a coat in March. So, and the guy didn't sweat. Oh, like I'm, I'm like, does he have some kind of a metabolic problem? Because uh, yeah. literally the pla- like I'm, I'm in there in March, then I'm sweating my ass off because it's you know packed room. Is the next album going to be called Electrolysis? I don't know. I was, I was, it, it was really bothering me. Like I actually, I actually mentioned it in my review of that show for the Statesman. I was like, I got to throw this in here. I don't know if he's in good health. But, you yeah. know. Um. So anyway, maybe there's an air conditioning unit in that. Like, no, because like his his stage had a portable air conditioning. Didn't he have some yeah, no, I don't know kidney stuff. I maybe, but I don't know like Which what one? that would mean. So maybe I don't. Know. I, don't I doubt they're. I doubt that they're that they're related. things that like yeah. stuntmen wear. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Mark's doing this thing with your hand. I don't even know what that is. Are you are you swimming or dancing? Pipes in the coat. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Hey, so everybody, I just got to check in from Ryan if you guys want to hear what, what he is. So Ryan, for, for those of you listening, uh, is 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 very under the weather this evening. and um, Couldn't join us. He could not join us. But I said if, you, if you're so inclined and you're not too sick, if you want to text a few of your thoughts on the record, mm-hmm. um, which he has now sent, relatively succinct, but um, because he is sick. Uh, oh yeah, I cracked my phone last night. Awesome, huh? Um he said, okay, this is quoting from Ryan. 
Blackalicious is a stupid name, but it's a pretty great record. <laughs> See, that guy should write like music reviews. Um, and then, the, then have an the, opinion. Then the only other thing he said was, asked the coworker if she had heard of them. She said she quote would never listen to a group with that name end quote, and she's black. She does, however, have Goo Goo Dolls tattooed on her. So. <laughs> Or Goo Goo Dolls lyrics. Tell, I, think so, I tell him to take his medicine. He's hallucinating. You know what? Let's just pack it up, guys. We're not going to get better than that. Yeah, yeah Ryan. Yeah. That's oh, he said his personal favorite track is First in Flight, but you know that's good to know, Ryan. That's that's something that you like if you like like turn ons, turn offs, turn ons. First in Flight, Black Delicious. Yeah. I don't know. Should we go to the? Uh, to the yeah, break? we're we're uh, probably a little overdue to go to the break. So that's why don't we do that next? It doesn't happen very often, but uh, I get the middle this week, fellas. Yeah. Producer Mark. Hey, yeah. you know. And I won't take you through the whole strange stream of consciousness, consciousness that led me to the point that we have arrived at uh, for this intermission. Uh, but I will just mention that uh, Bjork just released a new video uh, a few days ago. Uh, and it's a very trippy video, as you would expect from Bjork. What? Um, but that's not the video that we're going to watch. Oh, today. Iceland. Um, we are going to watch some Bjork, uh, but let's, uh, let's go back a little bit and let's check out uh, uh, her song, It's Oh So Quiet. Oddly, the question that stays with me after watching that video, which I don't think I've seen in at least 15 years. Yeah. Um, toward the end, as she's venturing outside, there are three costumed pillars. People in pillar costumes for oh, whom you sure. only see the feet. Yeah. And I'm like, what's the casting process like to be a costumed pillar? That... Out of yeah, that video, like, that's what stuck with me. Like your agent calls you, like, "All right, I got a plot for yeah, you." Oh yeah, and and here's the thing: who who didn't make the cut to be a pillar? Like, are you waiting on that call uh, from the hopefully, casting agent? Hopefully, to... they just took the first three people. If they were maybe they had like a height thing or Let's something. See, have you ever been a Doric column? <laughs> no, just <laughs> Corinthian. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no. See, not what really not what we're going for. I don't know if we can uh, make that work. I have never seen that video, and I'm a huge fan of that song. I love that song so. But you guys know it is totally a Spike show, Jones like, video, is it not? It's totally no, a Spike totally Jones Spike video. Jones. Yeah, it's great. 
I love the shit out of music like that. Like, I mean, it's like right in, right in my wheelhouse. I always thought that, that that was one of her songs because how would, I mean, she would, of course, in 1995 have done, or four or whatever, like, I think it was 95. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, would have done something so weird. She would do, in the middle of, like, oh, let's do this, like, we're doing this, like, post-industrial kind of pop stuff. Oh, but you know what? Let's do, like, a full-on like 1952 musical sounding song with full horns and stuff like that. But it was not a cover. It's a cover of a German song from much earlier in the forties. It's a cover of a cover. It's a, there was a cover of a German song and then hers was a cover of that. You know, it occurs to me that that song is actually the closest to our intro and outro music for this segment of like, Probably anything that we've ever played. Oh, by far of anything we've and ever played. And, yeah. Anyway, I love me some wacky Bjork. Like, I don't know I what color the sky is in her world, uh, but like, I think that's redundant. Well, yeah. Well, wacky it is. Bjork. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But yeah, no, she's. I I remember you know a thousand years ago in the era in the era of the of the of the boombox when uh, all the all the crazy Sugar Cubes fans. And then when she, you know, embarked on her solo career, you know, it seems like I don't know, like she she is a very unique a very unique place in the musical spectrum for me, and undoubtedly but she had some hits too. That's she did. the weird thing to think about. I mean, she well, was someone. Well, I mean, yeah, and it's funny when you said Mark that we were watching this video. I I, I often get these two, the, this one because it came out around the same time. This one confused with. Uh, big time sensuality, big time sensuality, also which takes place largely out on the street, almost entirely out in public on the street. Right. So I was like, wait, which is which? But okay, yeah. And so, you know, very yeah. different songs. Basically, very, it just very. looked like she shot La La Land before that happened, like you know, twenty five years in advance. And you're kind of right about and that. Saved, could have saved a studio, like I don't know, lots of film, and probably some awards. We'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no. uh uh, fine choice, Mark. Yes, very good. I haven't I haven't heard that song in a long time. I've never seen the video, and I'm I, I will guarantee you this. I'm going to listen to that song many more times. Do you, than, guys, do you guys remember, like in in the early 2000s when DVDs were the thing? You know, before Netflix killed that market, when there was a collect, a, like I think Spike Jones put out a collection. Um, the guy oh, yeah. who did the White Stripes uh, Lego video, whoever did that one. Uh, like they're director specific DVD collections of videos. I do remember those. And I think I had the Spike Jones. Yeah, one. and I, I thought that was a really cool thing. Like that was a really cool era that you know, like people would collect these videos on DVD and just have them all in one place. Now we have YouTube, so it doesn't. And matter. it would have been but shit like this, and then the Christopher Walken thing, the uh, Fat Boy Slim. Yeah, yeah, Fat Boy, yeah, Slim. Fat Boy Slim number. Anyway, what a time! I'm telling you, weapon of choice. Weapon of choice. Look at that, you guys. Yeah, yeah. You guys are blowing me away with steel trap over here. <laughs> Look, man, we, I couldn't tell you what day tomorrow is, but I can talk to you about. <laughs> All right, and, and does it matter? Uh, not really. <laughs> Shall we get back to the matter at hand? Yeah, let's do it. Do it. <laughs> So one of the things that we haven't spent a lot of time talking about with regard to this album, and again, we're back on uh, Black Alicious Blazing Arrow. If you just joined us, uh, it's Black Alicious Blazing Arrow. Anyway, uh, so the one thing that we, <laughs> the one thing that we haven't talked about 
uh, is just the dichotomy of the East Coast, West Coast stuff. Like, these guys don't really – it seems like they managed to kind of avoid that thing altogether. And so I'm sure some of it's timing, but also mm. um, also it's like they're kind of – they're not – they're not wrapped up in the. It's not the. We spend a lot of time typically when we when we cover a rap album talking about braggadocio and like sort of how, you know, how much chest out it is. Um, and this this record doesn't really necessarily. There's maybe a little bit of that, but not much. It's it gets into the weird stuff. A lot of it, you know, lyrically, especially like the. the I can't think of the name of the track right off the top of my head, but the one with Cut Chemist. Um, it's just weird, and he's just rapping about like chemical, chemical, chem, chemical calisthenics. That's what um, it is. Thank you, producer Mark. And um, and that song in particular, I was like, this just reminds me of De La Soul, like this like random wordy weirdness that like came out of nowhere. And so, I mean, rapping about subatomic particles and not Moon Bo- June Spoon type rapping, like yeah. like involved kind of rock him level, yeah. Yeah, right. Yes. yes. Like pretzels. Like essentially, like just weaving but, things. But such yeah. a weird like, word. Weird, pretzels, Mark. It's just such a weird. Like, uh, it's just so. Again, there's just so so many like ridiculously weird things on this album. Like at some point, you just have to, you have to either ignore it and just embrace the beats, or embrace it and embrace the whole thing. And that's by the time we got to that. By the time I got to that song, I was like, "Oh, this is just like fucking crazy De La Soul, like mm. early '90s New York weirdest shit hip hop." Well, and the other thing we haven't talked about much is like, okay, so this record's been out there for a while. It's it clearly we've, we we have it's well canvassed and and revered in some circles, um, and surely there. I mean, there and we've talked about all the guest appearances that that happen here. Um, what we really haven't spent any time on is what it's influenced. Like, who can you like? Who can you hear yeah. like strains of strains of Blazing Arrow and and uh, this act? That's a hell of a question. I mean, I got a couple. Like nothing jumps to mind, but I'm not. You know, I, I, I well, an era's changed too. Yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't consider myself like learned enough in in like you know the entire entirety of of hip, of, of hip hop contemporary or post this hip hop to know exactly. I mean, let me get back to you and think on it for a minute. So talk amongst yourselves. Oh yeah. I definitely don't listen to enough hip hop these days to have any idea. Well, maybe, maybe the better question is, is like, so it seemed to be like something is like, is a little bit in the water that there were these, there were a certain number of acts that were like, you got a, you've got a wordsmith and you have a turntablist. Sure. And some, you know, and obviously with J five and some of the other acts, like they expand on that formula, but really like the, the, the basic, like kind of power duo of this type of act was like, you got one guy on the mic and one guy who is working all the samples and scratching and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess I'm curious, like, as I, I mean, I think it's easy to, to kind of compartmentalize this record as a, as you know, the, as as a product of its time, but I also think that like these guys have sort of shown themselves to be pretty consistent outside of that, and not necessarily influenced by, you know, by certainly by evidence, evidence by the fact that they put out a record in 2015. Mm-hmm. Like they're still they're still rocking their thing, doing their doing their deal. Yeah, I mean, it, and I referenced earlier kind of that Quantum Records, which these guys were on before they were on MCA. Uh, scene it was kind of uh, cloistered is kind of a weird word you know like that was very oh, self-contained yeah. and, and not yeah. 
no, no, I get, I get what you're saying. And, and so, and that that has its its pros and its cons because it's super super duper distinct. But then it can also become, you know, any system that doesn't have new blood coming in can get a little bit, you know, stagnant. A couple step behind. Yeah, and, but and I, one thing that I've always thought about this record in particular, like the thing about indie hop and backpack rap is too much of it. And I love the Jurassic Five a ton. But too much of it devolves into kind of rapping about rapping, right? And that gets old real fast uh, after the wordplay. Because it feels and like I mean, it is literally navel gazing. Yeah, and but this and this is, gets to what Shane was saying earlier. It's like they're just taking you on weird ass rides. The De La Soul comparison is very like right on the damn money. Like they're just taking on on weird rides um, and getting kind of psychedelic in 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 a lot of places. And just taking you on some adventurous stuff. So I I dig that. That's one of the many, many things about this record that makes it stay with me so strongly. But I, I will say in, in – like, like directly the inverse in some ways to that De La Soul thing is that the music is so solid. Like I love a lot of those of Three Feet High and Rising. Mm-hmm. But I don't really want to listen to that whole record anymore. Like, it gets a little too novelty. It gets a little too cutesy. Um, and as weird as this record gets, it's, it doesn't really feel novelty and cutesy to nope. me sometimes. Like That's a, t- a fine line to walk sometimes. It is. It's it hard, is. yeah. Well, and, you know, I, when I hear you say that, what it almost sounds like you're saying is, like, it feels less dated to you because that's, it's that's, not That's like, exactly I guess what I mean, um, because a lot of the stuff that I found really groundbreaking at the time. And don't get me wrong; there's some shit on Three Feet High and Rising that I still think is fucking phenomenal. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, it feels it feels dated. This doesn't feel dated to me. I mean, it doesn't. I can date it, like you know, like I can take it out to dinner. Yes, like, yes. and let it meet my my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, this is my CD. Uh, mom, mom, this is Blazing Arrow, Blazing Arrow, this is Mom. That name um, is so offensive. So weird. So, um, yeah, so yeah, but you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I mean, there, I, can, I can see, like, I can feel, like, what the hip-hop I was listening to in 2002 sounded like. Mm-hmm. And this sounds like that. But, you know, Three Feet High and Rising, an album that I've listened to on countless occasions, definitely, you know, like, I can... It it's it's wearing a it's wearing a very obvious dashiki. Let's just let's put it that way. So so I wonder if I wonder if that begs intent, right? Like so I guess like I don't know. Yeah, hard, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think that I don't think anyone sets out, especially like in the in the you know as I feel like De La Soul was a progenitor of of taking old school hip hop into the '90s and into like the sample super sample heavy stuff. Like I don't feel like they were like they set out to. In a conscious way, do you know? Th- thinking of what's going to happen in the future, we're just trying to make some music. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't there. No, that makes sense. Uh, all right, so we we teased this on the on the front end of the show. Shane, you had a track that you were you were taken by. You had one that was well, your favorite. There's that we two. Were I mean, like the one that my favorite track on this record is Four Thousand Miles," the one with Charlie Tuna. Um, or we could listen to uh, "Make You Feel That Way," which is the first single. Which is also good, but I don't know. Maybe we should do "Make You Feel That Way" because that was the one that they they did. Yeah, they're that both. That was kind great. of the flag. It, they're both ship of the yeah. release. Okay, yeah, let's do that one. For the hope of a brand new day. See a homie you ain't seen since back in the day. Fresh haircut fitted with a fat ass face. 
How you felt when you first heard the daddy came? Rocky and KRS, hey, I had that day. Cooling out with old girl on a batting state. Find a hundred dollar bill, wow, man, that's great. Get promoted at your job up to management. Plot a long time, finally your plan is made. Every time a girl I want to shout, man, it's real that way. When I think of things that make you feel that way. So do you feel that way? I do now. That's a damn good song, man. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one they led with. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. That, that's the one they led with. That's all I was saying. Oh, single-wise? Hey, I forgot to say this because um, it does have to be mentioned at least once in some context to drive oh Kevin up the fucking wall. Oh, God. But um, the, the second song that we listened to today, Nowhere Fast, that's the first song on the second Smith's record. Or the first song on the second side of the of the second Smith's record, Meet His Murder, Nowhere Fast. So um, not mm. that song, but a song called Nowhere Fast. So not that I've already uh, not that I've gotten uh, that in there. Well. Thank you. Thank you. For I think this might be the longest that we've ever gone. Smith's watch into a, it, in a show with, with, without mentioning Smith's. Remorse. I felt like something was missing. I couldn't. Oh yeah. What is it, is it the, you know, the anger that it's like when it's like it radiates <laughs> off his face like a cartoon? Just strip. Uh, just it's like it's just like a, it's like a band crutch. He's like he can't. It's like a it's like an itch he can't like not scratch. Oh no! Now we see. Now we're aware of it, and, and and especially since Ryan isn't here, I've got to carry that torch. Uh, it's uh, it's fine. Whatever. Well, hey, thank like, you. Yeah, you're welcome. Really, um, thank you. You shouldn't have. Really, you shouldn't have. You got it, Chad. You yeah, really shouldn't it, have. Oh no, no. Why did you, know, you do that? You no, shouldn't. Nothing have. to speak of. No, it's okay. It's just my generosity, my friend. <laughs> so something that really uh, that gets me about this this kind of music, and I thought you were gonna say this show. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Um, and and I'm a latecomer in a lot of this stuff. Like I was just mentioning to you guys off the air, like the Kleptone sampled cuts from this uh, this song. And they're an act and that does mashups of. They do mashups, yeah. and 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 uh, there's a lot of other crossover stuff in there, other than just their mashups of of, of Black Delicious. I mean, there's there's other connections there, but. Um, one of the things that I really love about this album is the fact that there are there's a lot of sampling going on, as we've mentioned about like Harry Nelson and such. Right. But also just the way that it's produced, there are things that feel like samples that it's original material, it's net new material, and um, I just really like the way that they 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 weave all of that stuff together, and you just you can't even tell. Well, and to to your point, when we were listening to. To this earlier, and one during one of the breaks, Chad was like, "I don't even like one of the songs that we played." He was like, "I don't even know what number song that is." He's like, "I don't, I don't know." He's like, "You, I'm here. I am talking for you. You're right here." But Chad was like, "I, you know." So like, I was gonna say, "Do I have to clear my throat?" You sound, you sound like yeah, like here is his mom like, speaking up for him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Chad no, says I've, these are the songs Chad he wanted. I listened. I mean, I listened to this record so many times from the first day, from the day I, that I got it that summer when it came out. Um, and just you know, front to back in my car, you know, without the 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 jewel case in front of me to look at song titles. So when when Shane was mentioning the Ben Harper song earlier, I was like, "Which one is that?" You know, like it it, it all just blends into it's a whole piece for me. And which, to that end, the other thing that you said that I, when we were in between takes that I don't think you've mentioned when we were recording 
was that you did you um, didn't you cover the solo record? A yeah, I want to say of, in like oh four oh five, Gab put out yeah. a solo record without Excel uh, by the most. I, I don't recall who did the production on it, right. or whether it was kind of a, you know like brought in a bunch of people, but it was definitely a couple steps down from this because. Yeah, I mean, when you listen to it, you just see like the magic that Excel is doing at creating like this palette of of just like so many colors and so many textures. And you know, the solo Gifted Gab record, which was okay, like he's still a gifted lyricist, but there was just something definitely missing. And so, yin and yang, man, like these two together are. I mean, uh, unfuckwithable is the word that comes to mind. Yeah, a, a peanut butter cup, as it were. I that's know. beautiful. I have no idea is what that, that means. in the Urban Dictionary? It's like, yeah. <laughs> unfuckwithable? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it God, is. God, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's – yeah, so that is uh, – that's Black Alicia's Blazing Arrow. Who had um, – Shane, did you have the it's last me, track it's tonight? It's me tonight. Yeah, we were, okay. we were You're doing... very excited. I'm not excited. I'm not. I'm, I'm only excited because I've already made you mad once tonight. Um, keep, I'm not mad. Keeping in the hip hop vein, you're not now. Mm-mm. Keeping yeah. in the hip hop vein, I would like to listen to the debut, um, or watch the debut video by Bad Baby. It's called Hose. It's H E A U X, and um, and uh, we'll come back on the other side and talk about it. <laughs> Boyle, welcome to a current affair for this Friday, February 5th. I ain't nothing like these hoes. Don't compare me to no one. Money green like a seal. Yeah, my pocket's so swollen. I ain't nothing like these hoes. Don't compare me to no one. Money green like a seal. Yeah, my pocket's so swollen. Look, these hoes be fake flossing. Fake ass jewelry got a neck rash. These hoes be fake balling. Tax money that you won't last. Sorry, that was these hoes, not hoes. What the fuck is wrong with me? So, yeah, so that was, um, can't remember her last name. My phone's dead, so I can't pull it up. But her name is Danielle, and she was on uh, Dr. Phil a few months ago and had a 15 minutes, full on 15 minutes of fame for saying, like, cash me outside. But somehow she parlayed that as a 13-year-old utter moron into a record deal. There were, and there was some relatively decent money in, a, in that video. And one of the more boring... There's nothing even overtly offensive about it. It's just fucking boring mm. as shit, dude. Mm. Like, everything about that. So... I have thoughts. Yes, please. Um, yes. Related to your 15 minutes thing, back when I was a newspaper writer, I had a, a section that was called the 1459 Awards. Like, the people who have had their, their time needs they to win. Yeah. How would you like to be the producer of that track? Like, or, No, let me, let me back up. How would you like to be a promising young producer? You know, someone who has got some skill and is just trying to make their break and, and get, get something that will chart. And you've produced what's pretty a fairly solid beat. 
and has been bought by a, a that, that's a, true that is and, true and yeah and uh, and you know your agent calls you hey Mr DJ X uh, great news Atlantic's just uh, going to feature this this uh, this beat that you've that you've made on on what's a, a single that they're putting all their muscle behind it's going to be great awesome who is it. Uh, Danielle Brigoli, bad baby. Who's that? Well, she's thirteen. Yeah, and, and you find, cash me outside. And you find out the it's the cash me outside girl, and you know, you're like, well, I guess it, you know, do the checks clear? Yeah, okay, the checks clear. That was nice. Also, another thing about that video: the entire video is a tracking shot. Yeah, that's I noticed true. that too. Yeah. So I was like, everything about that video, other than Danielle, is okay. Yeah, that's You're what like, I was saying. Like the beat's good. The video—that's why I say a relatively decent video. But that that hook where she's like, you know, I'm not like these ho- I ain't like these hoes or whatever. Like, um, it's it's boring <laughs> and not. And she actually, I will say this: she's not that bad at the, on the mic. Like she had a, she had a, well, like yeah. you know give, give her a little bit of incubation time. I mean, subject matter, she's an idiot. I know. Subject matter was idiotic. I don't know who the writer on of those lyrics were, though. Too. I mean, it seems so like she basically was playing karaoke. I think probably. Pro- oh yeah, of course. But who doesn't? Yeah, in, right. In that's that true. Genre I also liked part. in the video the the one there were some people protesting outside the building. And oh yeah, was, mothers again. Like, you know, there was a sign that said, "We will not catch you outside." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, all right, that's cute. Yeah, there. It seems like basically the narrative of the video is um, that there are some other women or, or girls. You know, we'll call them hoes. Like, however you spell it, H E A U X. H E A U X. Yes, I guess it's ho, the collective ho. Right. And uh, and you know, and she's not like them. Like that's just what she wants. I to say. will be. Not... You know, I I wish there was some way to monitor the various dance clubs on Dirty Sixth Street this weekend. Oh, good. To Lord. see see if hoes is playing this well, so song. Here, so here, no, here's the thing. I'm guessing it probably will. It, and, no, it's already charted. It's the highest charting debut for a rapper under the age of 15, I think, or uh-huh. or minor, or maybe 18 or whatever. Like it's charted high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, you know, well, crisscross and little bow wow—that's some competition to beat. Well, true, but I, I can't remember. I, I can't remember exactly what the what this. <laughs> if, if like it were that solo record, over? yeah, I know, no shit, right? If it were a solo record or whatever, but high, highest debut, like in some sure, in some way, like. Um, but but let's just say this: like I, I feel like she is overall thirteen. The uh, the Archies for the Millennium. Hmm. I don't know, man. I, Can I we do just think cut the podcast right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, you know, I do think like there, there are a couple of things. Um, one, she did the the whoever shot the video, like they did, they did seem to be taking a little bit of a poke at the Kardashians. Yes. Which I noticed with the one model and that I think, was getting the right, the getting the lips plumped up, uh-huh. and thinking there were probably some other references in there that I didn't even notice because contemporary music is. Well, I couldn't, right. I couldn't, I couldn't understand a thing she was saying with all the constant vocoder. I like, heard her say "Celo" in there at one yes. point. Yes, and then oh, okay, and then maybe something about something being swollen, but that's about all I caught. Swole. it was swole, Mark. swole. I was swole. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, this is hard to understand anything she was saying. Hey, thanks for that, Shane. Oh, I knew you'd love it. I do. Uh, who has who's got the next one? Um, I do. Uh, mine's next week, and um, I had two different albums. So there was one good and one bad. One good angel, one bad angel. You know, I feel like we've had too many great 
uh, records in a row. So, and we have we also haven't gone back to like white dudes in the seventies, um, even though you couldn't tell their color actually in the seventies. But um, and we also have never done a live record on this show. So Is that I true? what? Is that true? Yeah, I mean, have we ever done a live record? Live comedy, maybe. Yeah, comedy, but not music. Okay. Um. So so all of the, all of taking that all into account, uh, let's do Kiss Alive. Oh, okay. Because I know how much we all love Kiss, and you know yeah. maybe we'll find something in that. I've never actually listened we can do, to it. We'll do wall to wall, Gene talk, and then maybe Scott Stapp will do something stupid, and we can get Morrissey in the end. It'll be perfect. Look, it's like nobody has to study anything. I've already. <laughs> hey, look, we've only talked about Gene Simmons twice. Yeah, which is considerably less than he talks about himself. So <laughs> that is know, true. It all yeah. works out. Hey, uh, anyway. I guess until next week, I'm Kevin. I'm Shane. I'm Mark. I'm Chad. This is Somebody Likes It. Let's hear it for our subscribers. Why? Because you wouldn't be listening to anything at all here at oneofus.net without them. Sure, they get benefits like our commentary tracks from movies, our weekly movie and TV news and trailer review show, The Breakfast Pub, our podcast, The Original Gentleman, with Martin Thomas, Bo Paul, and myself, Christopher Cox, and lots more, including some nostalgia and never-before-heard-or-seen stuff from our old site, Spill.com. Oh, yes, and the recent video logs and Get to Know You're One of Us crew. Lots of fun to be had there. I could try to sell you on becoming a subscriber just based on all of that. But you know what the main reason is? Because all of this is only here because of them. Or because of you. Become one of the us, support oneofus.net, and help out a fellow geek like yourself.